0: Welcome to episode 26 of the RSA resident and student podcast series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine, Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Brooke Mungi, resident at the University of Wisconsin, speaks with Dr. Jay Cadpay, assistant professor at the Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Florida College of Medicine, Jacksonville. Today, Drs. Mungi and Cadpay discuss how to become a blog master in emergency medicine.
1: Welcome everyone to this episode of the RSA Resident podcast series. I'm Brooke Mungi from the University of Wisconsin, and today we're going to be interviewing Uh, Dr. Jay Karate. He's an assistant professor at the Department of Emergency Medicine at the University of Florida College of Medicine in Jacksonville. And thankfully, uh, today he'll be talking with us about how to become a blog master. So Jay, how did you get into doing blog?
2: I think I was really fortunate in that I did residency training right around the time when the very first emergency medicine blogs were coming out. So MCRIT, Academic Life in Emergency Medicine, Life in the Fast Lane, they were all started right around the time that I was in residency. So I feel like I was really ripe to jump on board and and use those tools to educate myself and to learn. And I found it really great, engaging opportunity to supplement my learning. And so I remember, you know, driving to shifts with co-residents and listening to MCRIT and discussing what I was reading and listening to with blogs and podcasts with other residents and attendings. And so I think it was really an exciting time to be learning emergency medicine back then. And I really got hooked from the start and have been involved in and continued to use blogs and podcasts and things as a, as a great means and a great tool to learn EM, to teach EM as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as you have gone through creating your own blog, what have you developed as some of your own kind of favorite blogs in emergency medicine?
2: So I would start with probably uh, Academic Life in Emergency Medicine. I think they have done a tremendous job in expanding their content and really reaching out to all different types of learners. They're really kind of the superpower right now in emergency medicine blogs with posts that focus on faculty, on residents, on students, on you know pharmacologists. Um, really, the whole gamut is covered there. And so I think no matter what kind of a learner or what kind of a profession you're in, if you're in a kind of emergency medicine-related job or, or a learning program, you're going to find something on that site that's going to help you out and it's going to teach you something. Other sites, I think, you know, I really love mdocs.net because they really show what I think the future of academic scholarship is going to look like and that they publish really journal-quality articles and reviews, systematic reviews in on a blog. It's free, open access. Anyone can go on there and read it. And it really kind of demonstrates where we're moving to in in academic scholarship for emergency medicine. And then I contrast that with a site like Life in the Fast Lane, which, you know, is one of the early blogs out there and really kind of stays true to what the traditional blog is really meant to be all about, which is, you know, a person just sharing their thoughts, their ideas informally, just jotting down what they're thinking, putting it out there for the world to see and to comment on. And that's really what a lot of Life in the Fast Lane is all about. It's it's ER and critical care docs putting notes down, you know, they write an article and they'll summarize, you know, what their take home points were from that in really more informal format generally. And I think that's a really great format to using blogs as well, cause that's really how they started out. And then sites like EM Lit of Note or Rebel EM or EM Nerd, which do a great job of reviewing EM literature. It can be really hard to keep track of all the different journal articles out there, but these sites do a great job of doing evidence-based reviews. of of the literature out there so you can see what are the hot topics in emergency medicine.
1: And then talking about residency uh, curriculum for emergency medicine in particular, what do you think the best role is for blogs to play in part of our residency curriculum? And what do you kind of think they're going to turn into in the future as far as the role that they may take in the future of the EM kind of residency curriculum?
2: So I'm not sure who said it first, but I always see Rob Rogers on Twitter saying, you know, you need to go where your learner is. And so I think that's where blogs come in. Our learners are on online. They're in social networks. And we as the teachers need to be there and we need to be engaging them where they are. So that's, you know, number one for me where why blogs have an important role in, in emergency medicine education is that that's where our learners are and that's how we can reach them. Right now, the future of blogs is pretty open. I think a lot of programs started with just posting online what they're already doing in terms of their didactics and their curriculum, putting on their morning reports or putting up content from their from their weekly conferences and didactics. But in the future, I think blogs and from extension websites for residency programs are really gonna take on more of an administrative load, doing a lot of the duties that we do administratively for programs and also being a communication tool, both within departments and outside and people sharing their didactic content, their educational content, their policies, everything. So I think really the the online role and the, and the role of blogs is really limitless in the future. And we're really gonna see a move towards digitalizing everything that we do in emergency medicine education.
1: And how have you guys, at least so far, started to integrate that social media component and, and blogging into your guys' own residency curriculum?
2: So the site that we do right now at the University of Florida Jacksonville is, is primarily focused on, on getting our didactics online and making it accessible for all of our residents. You know, our residents are working really hard. They're not always gonna make it to conference every week, but we don't want them to miss any of the teaching and educational content that's going on in the program. And so we'd focus on posts related to what we're doing in weekly conference, summarizing some of our case conferences, also summarizing a lot of the social networking that's going on at our department. So. I'll summarize all the tweets, the hashtag emcomp information, and put it on our blog so everyone can see what people were talking about during conference. In the future, I'd like to engage a lot of our subdivisions with our department so that we could get our pediatric EM folks involved, our global health people, and really have it be a, a, a hub online for the entire department, for faculty residents to be sharing and interacting what they're doing so everyone can kind of see what's going on with our education in all our different divisions.
1: Yeah, and as residents and even some of our younger faculty kind of start to explore blogs and get into starting some of their own blogs, what are maybe three main tips that you might have for those individuals who are looking to just kind of get started and get going with blogging?
2: So I would say number one is don't be afraid to jump in there. I think a lot of people see a knowledge barrier if they're unfamiliar with, you know, using computers or using software and things like that. It's really easy. If you can use Microsoft Word and type up a journal article, then you can you can blog. You can you can do it very easily. The interfaces are very user-friendly. And so number one is just don't be afraid to try it out. Number two would probably be try to identify a niche for yourself. Try to think about what's going to set aside your site or your blog from everyone else that's out there because now there's hundreds of sites out there. And so you want to try to find a unique perspective, a unique voice that's going to make yours Uh, stand out from the rest. And then number three is just do it. Just start blogging. Start putting your content out there. If it's good, people will like it. If you need to adjust later on, you can always do so based on feedback. That's the great thing about social media is that you can get instantaneous feedback from your followers. They'll let you know what you're doing well, what you need to improve on, and you can adjust and, and make it better in the future. You don't have to be perfect right from the start. So just get out there and start getting some experience in blogging.
1: And then what about for those individuals who've maybe already kind of started their own blog and they're really looking more to take their current blog up a notch to the next level and and really improve upon what they've already started?
2: So I think there were some great higher level tips that we discussed at our CORD uh, Academic Assembly blogging workshop. So I'm going to steal a couple of ideas from some of my co-presenters. So number one, I think David Marcus from Northwell has some great ideas about using design thinking and incorporating design thinking into when you're coming up with your blog idea, focusing on the end user first and working backwards to figure out how you're going to create your blog and what's going to be incorporated into it. Jeff Hill from the University of Cincinnati talked about how to actually do a professional blog layout, talked about F-shaped pattern and the way that people read blog posts and where to focus your text and where to put your images up there. And then finally, integrating your social network. So making sure that your blog posts are going out on all the different social networks that you want to reach, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, you can integrate that using some free software things out there like Buffer, also more advanced services that you can pay for as well. But things like that will really take your blog to the next level and reach a much broader audience.
1: What resources have you come across as far as some of your favorite resources for bloggers in emergency medicine?
2: I think some of the great resources out there are resources that help you incorporate multimedia into your blog. So you want to take advantage of the fact that you can very easily add images, videos, things like that. And a lot of people want to stay away from using any kind of copyrighted material. So great website for that is Pixabay. Pixabay has all open access images that you can take. They're free. You don't need to attribute any kind of credit to them. They're just images people have shared. And so I've used that quite extensively to find images to complement my blog posts. For videos, obviously, YouTube is a great resource. You can just embed them directly, and so it'll just link directly out to the YouTube site, so you don't have to worry about that either. People put them up there. There's a lot of great procedure videos and things like that that you can incorporate into your blog posts really easily.
1: Awesome. What about your favorite blog platforms? Have you developed one or a few that you kind of have liked overall more than others?
2: I generally would prefer and and favor the WordPress platform platform. Number one, it's open access, so it's free. You can install it for free. It's the most widely used platform as well, so there's a tremendous community of support out there. If you have a question, you're not sure how to accomplish some goal you have with your blog, you can find someone that has an answer for you out there. Also, because it's open access, there's a ton of plugins and customizations that you can do, so you can really customize whatever you want. Whatever feature you think you want to incorporate, it probably already exists out there. You just have to find it it's got a really great support community and you can really do whatever you want customize your theme customize the features on the blog site and so i think wordpress is usually generally the one that i use and that i would recommend to people if you don't want that many options you may want to go with a more limited and structured platform but wordpress has a really open and really easy to use platform
1: for the emergency medicine residents listening in and who are looking to get more involved in some of the blogging and social media aspects, what opportunities are there available through CORD to do that?
2: I think a great thing that CORD did a couple of years back was to start inviting residents to join uh, CORD committees. And so if you really want to get involved in, in blogging, it's really easy. The Information Technology Committee, which is responsible for the CORD blog, is a great way to start, but you don't even have to limit it to that if you want to get involved in a specific area within cord you know the it committee is there and the blog is there for everyone and so if you want to be involved on the education committee you can still blog on the CORD blog through that so every committee out there every part of cord and cdem is open for people to get involved on the blog so all you have to do is just contact somebody at cord at the it committee um, and we'll be happy to get you involved
1: sounds fantastic all right well dr kedby thank you so much for talking with me and with all of our listeners and sharing with us some of your knowledge
0: about how to become a blog master.
2: Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. It was great to be here.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.